the Art of Leadership Network. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Jenny Katrin, and this is the Lead Culture Podcast, where I coach you to lead yourself well so you can lead others better. My team and I at the Foresight Group are committed to building confident leaders, extraordinary teams, and thriving cultures. So each week, we'll take a deep dive into a leadership or a culture topic that will give you the tools you need to lead with clarity and confidence and build a thriving culture. So today I want to talk about the problem with culture. I was recently spending uh, a day with a group of leaders talking all things culture, really helping them like take a deep look at their organizational cultures and do what we do with our lead culture framework, which is help you assess your current culture, define the culture you aspire to, build the plan to help you close the gap between that actual and aspirational culture, and then coach you for the implementation of the plan. That's the framework we use at Foresight. We call it the lead culture framework. And that's the framework we use to help guide you through the culture work. Because the problem with culture is that culture is an outcome. Right? Like culture is what you ultimately experience in your organization. By definition, I say that culture is who we are and how we work together to achieve our mission. But we really realize that in the outcomes, right? Like we see it uh, as the byproduct of who we are and how we work together. So the challenge, the question we have to ask is well, how do we achieve that outcome? And this is where a lot of us get stuck, and this is why we have so many cultures that are struggling, is that we are often fixated on a lot of other things that require our time and energy, particularly our strategy and the things that we're trying to do to achieve the mission of our organizations. And sometimes we neglect giving time and energy to the necessary inputs that help us realize the outcome we hope for. And so that is what, when we're, when I'm speaking to groups, when I'm working with teams, that is what we're trying to do is help you identify what are those inputs? What are the things that we need to do on a regular basis to ultimately achieve the outcome we aspire to? And so part of that is you have to know what you're aiming for. And again, that goes back to our framework of we're going to help you get honest about what's true. We're going to help you define what you hope for. And then we're going to help you build the plan to get there. And so the problem with culture is it's an outcome, right? Like it is an outcome. And oftentimes we don't realize we have a culture problem until we're experiencing an outcome we don't like. And you've all been there. You've been a part of a team or you've been a part of an organization where you're like, wow, this is not, like I am no longer thriving and enjoying what I'm doing. And and sometimes it sneaks up on us, right? Like your team might've been a fantastic team in one season where the culture felt strong and healthy, And for some reason, there was a drift and you wake up one morning and you're realizing this was not what we were before. Like something has shifted, something has changed. And there were probably some extenuating circumstances that created that. Uh, For many of us, the pandemic in the past three years has caused us to focus on strategy and just survival in some senses that we took our eye off of some of the cultural inputs and now it's catching up with us. Uh, you're seeing disengaged staff. You're seeing the uh, um, 
transition of staff moving on, or you're seeing just a the um, quiet quitting dynamic of people just kind of being partially engaged. Like we don't have the same energy and passion and commitment in some of your teams that you previously had. And so to really influence culture, we have to be purposeful about what we're putting into it. So the question that you have to ask yourself is what inputs will lead to the outcomes you hope for? And that's what I want to camp out on today a little bit is just to get you thinking about those inputs. Because a lot of times when I'm working with leaders or or teams on this idea, it feels a little overwhelming because a lot of things can influence culture, right? Culture is, you know, the people that are a part of your team and who, how they work together to achieve the mission. And so it kind of feels like everything does influence culture. And to a degree, that's true. But I do think that there are some very specific inputs we can focus on, or at least I can give you some categories and some ideas to get you thinking. And that's my goal for today, is to give you some ideas, some ways for you to think about the inputs that you can influence. That's the big thing, right? Because a lot of times we feel like we're reacting to the culture of our team, right? Like we're now all of a sudden we're in reaction mode because we're realizing some things aren't so healthy. There maybe is some toxicity and we're realizing, oh, there's some work we have to do. It feels a bit overwhelming. And so what I want to give you today are some things, some practical things, some inputs that you can do that start shifting your culture in the direction you're aiming for. So you see the key to embedding our values into our culture in a way that leads to true behavior change, because that's the essence of culture. When we're talking about a shift that's needed in our culture, we're talking about behavior change. And that's hard work. And y'all have heard me talk about before that uh, part of how we look at culture is by defining those values that really are the guardrails. So we talk often that it's not just to name the value, but it's to define the beliefs and behaviors that support that value, and then to create memorable language around that value to help your team really embody it. We call that our uh, values grid. And so the key to embedding those values into your culture in a way that leads to true behavior change is by creating rhythms that reinforce that aspirational culture, like that target. Well, like, what are you aiming for? Who are we at our best? That's a great question to ask to help you define the aspirational culture. And so we wanna embed rhythms that reinforce that aspirational culture at every stage of a team member's journey, like every key point in a team member's journey. And so what I want you to think about is I want you to think about the rhythms of organizational life. Like when you think about team members, what are some of the consistent rhythms that happen? There are things like interviewing, right? When you think about new team members, they were interviewed, they were hired, they were onboarded. And then we have other rhythms like performance plans and review discussions. We have meeting rhythms. We have celebrations, hopefully. And so these are the things that I want you to be thinking about of where can I influence the culture that I hope for inside of these just normal rhythms of organizational life. And so that's what I wanna give you a few ideas and a few tips for today. Because what I often recognize is we overlook some of just those simple, consistent rhythms that already exist in our organization. I don't need you to build all new things to influence culture. I need you to take those anchors of culture, those values, beliefs, and behaviors, and I need you to Uh, import them into your existing rhythms. That's how you create those inputs that lead to the culture output you hope for. Is that making sense? So let's look at these. 
I want you to consider how are you influencing culture at every point in your team member's journey? So beginning with interviewing, I suspect like most organizations, you've got a few open positions right now. And it feels a little desperate. Like you are, you are eager to fill those roles because your team has been covering the gaps. And so part of the interview process, sometimes we get hasty in that and we'll make short-sighted decisions. I want you to slow down the interview process enough. Some of you are already slow at interviewing, so you got to find the balance here. But I want you to slow that down enough to build in questions that test for culture alignment. Does the candidate value what you value? So go, go back to your values. Does the candidate value what you value? I was talking to a leader the other day. And in their organization, they realized they made a hire of a person who had kind of a posture of saying no first, um, you know, just because kind of a gatekeeper in, in nature, not necessarily a bad thing. However, their culture is very much an optimistic yes culture. And so what she noticed after this person came on the team was that it was a, it was a distinct culture clash. And by just a few questions, purposeful questions in the interviewing process, she might have been able to identify that before the person got on staff. It might not have been a deal breaker for them coming on staff. I'll say, although I would say, you've got to really evaluate how, uh, if somebody has the propensity to embrace your values or if it's just not a value they hold. But you want to build questions that test for culture alignment. Does the candidate value what you value? And then you want to hire with that in mind. And so you've probably heard of the three C's, of hiring, right? Character, chemistry, and competency. I want you to add the fourth C of culture. Hire for character, absolutely don't sacrifice on that. Hire for competency, you need people who can do the work. Hire for chemistry, are they a good fit? Do you enjoy being with them? Do they fit the team? And hire for culture. And here's where we get in trouble. We often confuse uh, chemistry and culture. We assume that if we enjoy hanging out with the person, that they're gonna be a good culture fit. And most of the time, that's not true. There are some fantastic people that I really enjoy hanging out with. Like, they're a good chemistry fit. Like, they're fun to be with. But they actually don't hold the same values that we hold as a team, right? They may not have had that uh, commitment to follow through or excellence or um, communication or whatever that might be for you. I've definitely had those individuals where it's like, they're a great chemistry fit. But at the end of the day, the culture fit wasn't quite right. So I want you to be conscious of that when you make the ultimate hiring decision. And then as they're onboarding, make sure that you're really taking into consideration, how do I help this employee uh, get onboarded to our culture? How do I make sure that they know what's important to us? As I'm training them, as we're bringing them in, how am I making sure that they understand our values and that we're giving them, we're catching them up to our culture so far? So if you've done culture work with us, you know, we're going to help you build that values group. We're going to define what's, what are those core values specific to your team? What are the beliefs around those values uh, that really define why this value matters so much to you? What are the behaviors? What does it look like when that's in action? And how do we talk about it? Those sticky statements, those phrases, and the stories that kind of um, surround those ideas. And you have to make space when you're onboarding new team members to catch them up to that information, right? To help really help them understand those stories, the history, the why behind our values, and, and spend time and energy helping them learn what we value and why.
Now, you can do that a myriad of different ways. We, uh, in the past, I have done uh, something called Culture Shock, which was a new class for new staff members where I would just rotate through the values and I do like a once a month lunch and I rotate through the values and I talk about them and I give new team members a chance to ask questions about them. So you can find different ways to do this. It should certainly be in your handbook, like anything culture related that you've defined should absolutely live in your employee handbook, but then also creating spaces for the teaching and the conversation where you're really teaching the essence of your culture. Those are really extraordinary inputs and super important to help new team members catch up to the culture. And then you want to think about some other rhythms, your performance plans and your reviews. Are you reviewing and evaluating for culture alignment, right? Like, and you can just put, add a few questions to your employee reviews and give the employee a chance to respond to how they're doing living into those values and give their manager a place to respond about how they're living into those values. Simple addition to your process that can be really powerful. A big one, a big rhythm in organizational life are your meeting rhythms. And so I want to encourage you to build agendas with culture in mind. So start a staff meeting with just some call outs of, hey, who lived out of value this week, right? And I would encourage you to create a culture where team members are doing shout outs about other staff members. I saw um, uh, Susie do this on uh, Tuesday that just really embodied our value of believing the best. And I was so appreciative of that, right? So any where you can just create, and and you guys, I'm talking like five minutes at the beginning of your staff meeting. So this is not hijacking your current rhythms. This is just inputting, there's that word again, inputting some cultural pieces into your regular rhythms that help keep who you are and how you work together, that essence of culture in front of everybody. Simple things that go a long way. So how can you reinforce values as a part of your regular meeting rhythms? Hand in hand with that is celebrations. You guys, celebrations are such a big opportunity to shape culture. Uh, and, and a simple thing like honoring birthdays and anniversary work anniversaries, right? Like just celebrating and highlighting that. So people feel acknowledged and they know that we value them and who they are in addition to just what they're producing. I heard a story recently from a team that we did uh, the cult- lead culture framework with. They were giving me an update on how things are going. And they had recently added in celebrations for work anniversaries. And what this leader didn't recognize, they were relatively new to the organization, so they were inputting a lot of these culture pieces into their organization. And what they didn't realize is that the organization didn't have a history of celebrating work anniversaries. And so a team member came up to him after after they did the celebrations that week and said that they had been on staff, I think, like 20 years, like they had been a long tenured staff member. And it was the first time their work anniversary had been acknowledged. You guys, such an easy win, right? Something that shapes culture and says, hey, our people matter, our team matters. Simple things like that does not have to be complicated, just has to be simple and consistent. Because here's the thing, it can be a negative hit to your culture if you do it for one person and then you forget next month to do it for the person who has an anniversary that month. So you've got to build good systems so that you don't miss anybody. So that would be my caution to you. But find a simple way to consistently acknowledge people just by celebrations. Huge. Okay, so those are some of the rhythms I want you to think about. And you probably have others in your organization. Just things that you do with relative consistency and just asking yourself, where could we infuse our values 
into our conversation or into our rhythms of organizational life. There's another team that I work with that created a brag board in their office space. And so they have this like bulletin board thing on the wall in the office and there's little cards. And if you see another team member living out a value, you, you write that down on that little card and you put it up on the brag board. And it's just a fantastic way to reinforce our values that define who we are and how we work together and then to get team members celebrating each other. So you see how there's like multiple layers of culture shaping that happen just with a couple of intentional inputs, something like a brag board can create, okay? So think about that. What are some of those rhythms, just those regular rhythms of organizational life that you could be a little more intentional to um, uh, influence with your culture? And then the second thing I'd love for you to think about is the reminders. So rhythms and reminders. So what are some of the reminders that you can create to keep your culture and your values front and center for your team? So your mission statement, your vision statement, your value statements, having them visible on the wall. I know that sometimes we get, this gets a negative perception because we've been to those organizations where that stuff was on the wall, but it was not what we experienced, right? But as you, you get purposeful about looking for the ways that you're going to uh, influence your culture with through rhythms and reminders, absolutely put them on the wall. Absolutely remind people when they walk into the office space of who we are and how we work together. You might do a little keepsake that reminds everyone of your values. So one of the teams we worked with did those little squishy cube, stress cube things, and they put their five values on one of those cubes. Uh, one of the teams that we worked with did posters on, it was a preschool, and they did posters on all the preschool classroom walls of their values to remind both their teachers and the students and the parents of this is what we value and why. So those reminders just keep it in front of people. I also would encourage you putting pictures of those you impact uh, throughout your office space. And just so people are reminded, this is why we do what we do, especially if you're a mission-focused organization, this is why we do what we do. Anything that reminds people of the significance of our work is a really important reminder to keep visible. And then another reminder, another resource for reminders are the documents. Create that culture guide that lists, this is, you know, that values grid. This is who we are and how we work together. This is some of the language that we use. Like the things that are valuable to you in your culture, begin to put those into a culture guide so that people understand this is, this is our manifesto. This is who we are and how we work together. Netflix has a culture deck that they created. You can go Google it and find it. Um, that defines their culture. So when team members are coming on or when team members even have a question about how do they work together to achieve their mission, they've got a whole culture deck that explains that. So the more that you can bring clarity to who you are and how you work together, and then you can reinforce that with rhythms and reminders in your organization, the more inputs you're gonna create and the better outcomes you're going to get. So I hope that gives you a little something to think about this week. Right? Like, first of all, the culture you aspire to, have you defined that well? Do you know what you're aiming for? You gotta start there. And then, and, and my best encouragement there is to define the values, provide those guiding principles for habits and behaviors. So the clearer you are about what you value, uh, what you believe about that value, why it matters, and the behaviors, what that looks like. We have a values grid. You can go to the website and check that out in the free resources section that'll walk you through that process. But the more that you are clear about our culture, 
by way of defining your values, uh, then you can say, okay, now where do I need to reinforce that in the rhythms and reminders inside of our organization? And my friends, those simple things will begin to disproportionately shape and influence your culture. So uh, thank you for being a part of today's episode. I hope that got you thinking. I hope it got you, maybe some of you, you're doing those things. And I hope it's just an encouragement to keep at it, like to keep going, to keep investing in the health of your culture. And then for others of you, maybe it gave you a few ideas, a couple things you can do to keep pushing towards that healthy, aspirational culture that you've defined. So let me know what you thought of this week's episode. You can let us know at uh, on any of our social accounts at Get Foresight. It's G-E-T, the number four, S-I-G-H-T. Uh, or I'm at Jenny Katrin on all the social media accounts. And friends, so let me know what you thought of this week's episode. You can connect with me on Instagram and Facebook at Get Foresight, G-E-T, the number four, S-I-G-H-T. Or on LinkedIn at the Foresight Group. You can also find me at Jenny Katrin on any of the social media accounts. And uh, I would love it if you would share this episode with another leader. Maybe there's a friend at another organization, could be a ministry, could be a nonprofit, could be a business, and who's saying, gosh, my team is struggling. Well, this might be a great antidote for them, might be a great help or resource for them. So I'd love it if you would pass that along. And if you haven't done it yet, would you please leave that five-star review? Just let us know how we're doing. Give us that feedback. It helps us know how to better serve you. And if you're looking for more leadership resources to help you and your team thrive this year, make sure you're signed up for our free weekly insights newsletter at getforesight.com. That's G-E-T, the number four, S-I-G-H-T.com. All right, friends, thanks for listening today. Lead well this week, and we'll see you soon.